Hello and welcome everybody to The New Standard. I am Neil Kulong. I am your solo host today. We are here to discuss whatever the hell it is we just saw this fall. A 30-6 loss to the upstart Houston Texans in a game I don't think anybody necessarily saw coming the way that it happened it was brutal all around from the beginning to the very end. There was nothing particularly redeeming about this game, but at the very least, the Steelers have a slew of injuries they need to worry about, including the big one. And this probably should be uh, most of the conversation following this game. Steelers quarterback, Kenny Pickett went down uh, in the second half with a knee injury, no update on his status uh, left tackle. Uh, Dan Moore also went down with a knee injury. Mike Tomlin noted uh, on Moore's injury that they did not have an imaging machine available uh, for them, hence probably why we did not have any uh, further update for either one of them. But both of them left the game not to return. Not a good sign for either one of them. Pat Farmuth exited the game with a hamstring injury as well, and I'm sure most of the team suffered some type of injury, if nowhere else, than to their pride as the Steelers three point road favorites in this game never competed, were never in contention and rookie quarterback CJ Stroud outplayed uh, Pickett as well as our old friend, Mitch Trubisky to uh, an incredible degree in this game, making it yet another contest in which the Steelers had the inferior quarterback on the field. Again, this is the new standard podcast. It is a dark day in Steeler Nation, a game that uh, many people believe would be something of a cakewalk, except for yours. Truly, I expected the Steelers to win this game uh, and in, in competitive fashion. Uh, they neither won nor competed for the overwhelming majority, if not the entire game. No real highlights to speak of. I did not see anybody who uh, played in, in, in a manner that really was worth discussing following the game. Let's get into the long-term after effects here because that's really what this is about now. If Kenny Pickett is out for a substantial amount of time, and while I am not a doctor, I will point out that immediately clutching his knee the way that he did, limping pretty badly walking off the field, playing on field turf, usually does not result in, a, oh, he's fine, he'll be okay next week. We'll, we'll wait to make any type of diagnosis, but my guess would be it's, it's not good for Pickett, meaning uh, Mitch Trubisky more than likely will make another start against the Ravens next week. Probably good news for the Ravens, who won big today over Cleveland. Steelers fall to 2-2 two and two on the season. After watching this game, you would have assumed that they were 0-4. Uh, they are playing much more closely to an 0-4 team than a 2-2-1. Not good. I really can't think of any highlights. I was trying to come up with some of them. I, I could not do that. Long-term effects, uh, if Kenny Pickett is out, uh, you were looking at a quarterback that performed well enough through three and a half games last season to be benched in favor of the rookie who just got hurt in this game. So Mitch Trubisky looks like um, he will get more playing time in year two than he got in year one. Uh, again, just my estimation. I am not a doctor. I am not diagnosing. But if it waddles around, has webbed feet and quacks, it's probably a duck. And I, I think that's what we are looking at, unfortunately, for Kenny Pickett. 
I'm trying to couch this and be as gentle about it as I can. I don't think that Kenny Pickett was playing a stellar game leading into that anyway. And I don't just mean uh, the obvious touchdown pass that he missed to Connor Haywood on a flag route in the, the back pylon of the end zone uh, that he somehow missed and threw to the double covered front pylon. Um, he missed several throws, but more than anything, I, I think what we have to accept about Pickett to this point in his career, his pocket awareness is, is not where it needs to be to be successful consistently. He can make plays on occasion and he has, and hopefully he's okay. He can continue to play, but the bottom line is while the offensive line is not especially great, and I'm going to get into one member in, in particular in a second here, Kenny ran himself into pressure. He ran himself into sacks. He created a, a lesser desirable throws far more often than he needed to in this game. You saw a good, uh, a, a reasonable defensive performance at times. Good enough, I think, on, on both sides, really. Houston played a, a pretty good defensive game. Neither of these defenses were above getting moved on a little bit. Why did one team score 30 points and the other scored six? The quarterback of one team made plays when plays were there to make, and the other one didn't, plain and simple. Uh, C.J. Stroud, the rookie, making his fourth NFL start, badly outplayed Pickett in this game uh, to a point where Stroud deserves the accolades that he gets. I said that leading into this game. He's a lot better than people thought that he was going to be uh, heading into his rookie season. Very impressed with him. Pickett continues to regress or at the very least stay exactly where he started. It's a problem. Um, again, I, I am not hoping for him not to be able to play, but uh, if, if he does, and I wouldn't anticipate that he's going to for a little while, he needs to play far better uh, than what he did today and what he has through four games so far this season. Simply unacceptable at the quarter point of the year. Uh, Pickett was, was bad again today. Uh, I hope he is okay, but uh, he was not up to up to standard today at all. Stroud, on the other hand, was the Steelers' defense had more problems stopping the run, perhaps, than anything else. And I think there were plays in which Stroud, uh, he would have loved to have had a couple of them back. And he, his game could have been even better. But he, the, the last touchdown pass he threw, the game was over at that point anyway. But the, the one that put him up to, to 30, uh, that was a phenomenal throw. Great touch, great anticipation. Uh, we haven't seen the Steelers quarterback make that kind of a throw in a while. And uh, that might be why they are uh, overachieving as a 500 team basically over the last three years. Um, let's get into the rookie debut of the Steelers first round draft pick, the guy they traded capital to move up for Broderick Jones. I, I would put it mildly as we can see now why he wasn't starting in weeks one to three or four um that was really bad uh, jones it, it wasn't a physical thing it was a level of assertion it was a level of confidence in in the way he was you, you could see it in the way he was moving he really did not play with a sense that he even had an idea what he was doing a lot of the times um a couple things they asked for from him a little bit more than just, you know, block the guy in front of you. When he had to move, he was very tentative. He was slow off the snap. He got beat on every second move that a pass rusher made on him. 
uh, he, he surrendered a lot of pressure. Now that said, I'm sure everyone's yelling at him for the fact that it's his guy technically that, that made contact with Pickett before Pickett went down um, and, and, and out for the game. Pickett ran into that. That was, that was on Pickett now because everyone's screaming for it. We'll get into the fourth and one call in a second. And, and believe me, I've been saving my lungs for this one. Just to highlight Broderick Jones, I don't know how many times we've seen a Steelers rookie uh, uh, in his first start, uh, in his first game played, really, uh, perform as, as poorly as he did. That that was rough. Um, if Dan Moore will be sidelined for a significant amount of time, I would fully expect the team um, place him on injured reserve. And I, I, I really think they'll look long and hard at a tackle that can come in and play soon. I don't know how much more Jones can do than what he did. He's, he's really far behind the curve. Um, not a good game. Uh, they need to coach him up better. That really is kind of the main point of, of what I wanted to do here, and I didn't want to get into the full 10,000-foot level without giving some analysis of the game. But after a game like that, it, it, you know, I don't do the, the just burn all the film stuff, but what's the real question here? Um, what we're seeing with this team game in and game out, it's not even alarming or troubling anymore as much as it is. We really should come to expect this. There's no reason why we should be surprised by this. And that's really the problem. And you, you have to put a, a chunk of this on coaching, if not most of this onto the coaching, not going to do the cliches as far as what their game plan was or what people think that that actually means. It's the fact that this team struggles to be so god-awful, mediocre, so always, that it it really begs the question, what are they hoping to get from any of this anymore? I I don't understand what their hopes are. Um, I've said this pretty frequently. This team's offense, player player to player, is not nearly as good as people think that it is. George Pickens is not the budding all-pro receiver that people think that he is. He is not developing as a player. He still doesn't get separation. Najee Harris had a play or two today, as did Jalen Warren, who also put the ball on the carpet. The battle between two running backs for the most mediocre on the roster is not compelling to me. My question is, why is there an emphasis on that aspect of the game when you clearly can't do it? I titled the show, Hell Yeah, We Got to Make Some Changes, because that's what Mike Tomlin asked when there was finally a member of the media gutsy enough to ask, what do you need to do? What, what needs to change? Um, Tomlin didn't provide a specific answer, and I wouldn't expect him to. But I, I don't know what, they, what their assumption of change is. I don't know what they are looking to change, if anything, what they consider to be change. But we've seen this game. We've seen this game many times. I warned this. I warned you guys of this leading into it. We've watched this on the road, a complete and total letdown in, in, in every phase of the game. Why do we continue to think that this is going to change? What about this makes us think it's going to change? Is it going to be a backup quarterback next week with a, a woefully unprepared left tackle defending a quarterback that took sacks like that was literally his job to do last year? what's going to change moving forward here? I, I think this only gets worse. Now, not only is it an offense that's down its best receiver by far, by the way, as we've seen 
uh, through four games this season. He is Deontay Johnson is the only receiver uh, who can do anything series to series except jaw at the defenders like George Pickens is doing. Pat Frymuth is hurt for the second time this season, and he hasn't looked very good uh, at, at any point this year, in my opinion. In fact, the whole tight end group has been a, a massive disappointment so far this season. On defense, you're down Cam Hayward. We saw T.J. Watt limp off at the end. I have no idea if, if, if that's just, you know, he needed a play or whatever. Um, their secondary, once again, we are seeing Levi Wallace get beat like he's stolen something on a, a per-snap basis, a per-target basis. There are a lot of significant red flags uh, with this team. And moving forward, the things that they're going to discuss changing are they're, they're going to be small things. And yeah, there are certainly a lot of things that, that need to be fixed. I don't know how many of those they are going to be able to fix. Houston Texans coached by Demeco Ryans, which I'd like to point out was in my opinion, by far and away, the best head coaching candidate, the last two cycles finally got the job and the right job. It was a great job for him. Uh, considering where Houston was, it was a total rebuild. He has the vision. He has the charisma, the leadership ability to be able to take that on. And he's done nothing short of a fantastic job, in my opinion, uh, for what he's had to do, for what has been offered up to him. He beat the brakes off of Mike Tomlin today in terms of coaching in three phases of football. And I'll bet you money Mike Tomlin would say the same thing. Hats off to Demeco Ryans and, and the Texans for the game that they just played. But why is this continuing to happen? Why is it Mike Tomlin, who is by all accounts a, a, a phenomenal uh, NFL head coach, and he has been, this isn't surprising anymore. This is a, a trend. This is what it is. This team did not look any different than what it does right now uh, this year as, as it did last year. It's the same team. In fact, they're going to have a quarterback change after three and a half games the way they did last year, and they flipped the two quarterbacks. They added a lot of personnel, players that we were excited about. We should have been excited about. They look exactly like the players they had on the field last year. They're down players. That's that's true. That's That's a big thing, I understand. Uh, who's that former defensive player of the year who wasn't on the field for a large chunk of the first half of the season? What's his name? TJ Watt, I think it is. They honored his brother at halftime today. He's there now. Uh, the defense is worse. Cam Hayward is the one who's out. So in a lot of ways, it, it's it's a wash. It's the same team. The same things are continuing to happen. And there's no, I don't want to call it a backup plan, but they're, they're, they've added depth and they're still not deep enough. Uh, to win games consistently. It's coming down to that more often than not. Is it an issue of their, their training staff trying to prevent injuries as if they could prevent what happened to Kenny Pickett on the field today? The wrong guys are getting on the field. The right guys who are being paid with the exception of Watt and maybe Minka Fitzpatrick are not getting it done consistently. Um, we haven't seen Deontay Johnson. If he was there, I, I think the offense would probably be a little bit better, but I, I'm not seeing it. I don't see great development from Pickens last year to this year. Not Chase Claypool level bad, but he's not substantially better than he was last year. And frankly, he should be. He should be. If anybody should have been, it should have been George Pickens. He's not. Calvin Austin looks like a, a fourth-round pick who can run really fast. Might be a player two here and there, but uh, filling Johnson's role, he's, he's not it. He's not going to be that guy. Farmuth, if anything, um, I'll give him a pass. Maybe he's playing a lot more hurt than we think he is. In fact, I would suggest that he is. 
Um, he's been a minus in, in many ways. George Washington, <laughs> I keep doing that. <clears throat> Darnell Washington is playing above what I thought that he would play by this point in the year. Um, he's what you would think a third round player would be uh, progressing, but struggling play to play. Uh, Connor Hayward, I thought he'd be a lot better than he is outside of running a nice route that should have resulted in a touchdown pass. That didn't happen today either. Um, they're, they're getting subpar performances from most of their team. Why is this happening again? Because in all honesty, last year, after one of these early games, Lance was next to me in this show and we were saying the exact same thing. Why hasn't this changed? That's what I want to know. Why hasn't this changed? They're not going to get rid of position coaches or coordinators in the middle of the year. So I'm not getting into whether Matt Canada should be fired or not. Beyond that, yes, he has right now, Lance has a better chance of being the Steelers offensive coordinator in 2024 than Matt Canada does. There is absolutely no way he's coming back. We know that. Look at this team's offense right now. What coordinator do you think you're going to get to come in here that's going to fix this and ascend to a, a head coach position, which is really what an offensive coordinator is today? It's a head coach in waiting. It's a lower-paid head coach. The next head coach that gets fired, the top offensive coordinator has a, a probably even money shot at getting that job. So who are you going to get? I'm not asking you for names, okay? There's somebody. But the idea that this person is head and shoulders above Matt Canada, well, that actually probably is better than, than, than most. I don't understand what you think is going to significantly improve with the talent that they have. All right, I touched on all of those things, which is what you wanted to, to discuss. So what am I supposed to see? Tell me. I'm an excellent rambler, by the way. One of my best skills. I talked about coaching. You're not going to be able to change coaches right now. I don't have any names for new coaches, but players go with coaches just like coaches go with players. You bring in a new coach, the players are on trial, which is what's going to happen. There is little to no sense right now that they would keep their coaching staff completely intact from what we have seen so far this season. I will pose this for the sake of fair in order to be fair, fairness and savagery act. If you rip on them, you have to acknowledge the other side of it. We have seen the Steelers turn starts like this around. Are you optimistic about that happening again? Or to be more specific, why are you pessimistic about it not happening this time? Why isn't it going to happen now? <clears throat> Injuries take its toll. I think that's only going to continue. I think Cam Hayward and Deontay Johnson both going down um, hurt them in a very specialized way because these were key players for what they needed to do even to be mediocre. Steelers' run defense is lacking to put it mildly they're out of gaps i don't think the linebackers are are really on the same page with what the defensive line is doing i don't think that some something's not stirring the kool-aid with that because there are wide open gaps multiple times multiple runs that we saw today and houston was absolutely not a great running team heading into this game so 
you've got issues on the defensive line. I'm going to guess your defensive captain not being there is, is a big part of the reason that's happening. The cornerbacks are not, uh, uh, I don't think they were even signed to be good enough. Um, I think there's a, a, a certain idea that they weren't. I think the Steelers paid a premium for the veteran experience of Patrick Peterson, hoping they could get more uh, than they ended up getting. And Joey Porter Jr., you might recall, missed a good chunk of training camp with injury. Um, we've seen him on the field a little bit more. I think he's going to play more into – to. It, it, he'll see a bigger role as uh, the season goes on. But it, at the end of the day, schematically – there's something missing. They're not coaching something. The players are not getting something that's going to continue to be a problem. And the, uh, I would say the main characteristic of the Tomlin teams that have typically um, kind of revived themselves from lesser than desirable starts. Let's keep in mind too, this team is two and two. They're not zero and four, but the one thing they had was the ability to play with a sense of resilience. They, they continue to improve. They add to what they're doing. They're going to need to do it again because you know, real bad news for you. Um, Baltimore is not the team they want to play next week. They're in real tough shape. Uh, we've seen Trubisky throw games against Baltimore away. And we've seen Baltimore run all over teams with much better run defenses than what the Steelers have right now. This is a really bad matchup for Pittsburgh heading into week five. We'll pause for station identification. You are listening to the new standard podcast. I am your solo host today, Neil Kulong. Lance Williams is out on assignment fighting the, the red scare somewhere in the far East. Not exactly sure. As usual, we are not allowed to know questions, comments, concerns, Throw them in the chat. There are so many of you in here. And yes, I apologize. For oh, Wow, this is a good one. I am seeing this. Thank you for this. Um, I feel maybe somebody perhaps was overserved during the game and um, projecting their overall animosity on the home team's, <laughs> the visiting team's performance today onto me. Um, yes, I am very self-centered. Uh, that's why I'm the host of the show. Steelers lost today 30-6 to the upstart Houston Texans, a team that drafted second overall last year, selecting a quarterback and at least for one game proving odds are much better drafting a quarterback at number two overall rather than number 20. To restate for what we know right now, and I am looking to see any type of injury update, I have not seen one yet. On Steelers quarterback, Kenny Pickett, he went down with a knee injury in the second half of their loss against Houston. Does not look good just from an amateur observation perspective. Granted, and somebody that has seen a lot of ACL tears during NFL games, I'm not going to diagnose it. I am just saying that it did not look particularly good. Steelers fall to 2-2 two and two on this season. They have crises across the board. This is a team that I thought today looked as poorly coached uh, as any game we have seen over the last couple of years. And the point that I made to David Todd on, on social media earlier during the game is it's fair to make these hyperbolic statements. The problem is the hyperbole is dialed down because we've dipped into that well so often. It's just that it's earned. Each of these are 
worthy of saying this is as bad as we've seen it. This is as low as it's been because it's true. All right. Sorry. I, I glossed over this part. Fourth and one play call. When you have fourth and one, you don't need to go over your entire playbook. And because of that, you don't go over your entire playbook. In fact, you usually have a, a preset um, set of, of plays that you've drilled on, that you've practiced with the idea in mind that comes short yardage, we're going to do this. One thing you do not do on fourth and one is false start, illegal formation, procedural kinds of penalties that you are fully in control of. So you drill it and you make it extremely simple. Simple. Now, I am not saying 10 on the line and, and pure wing, a pure single wing football style, but I am saying short yardage tends to necessitate the, the need to be simple. Going four wide with a back in motion uh, out of shotgun on fourth and one, it, it honestly looks to me like somehow you thought that five-yard penalty had already come and you were approaching it as if it was fourth and six. They called a fourth and six level play. If you go and look at it, there's one route at the intermediate level in which there was a throw to be made. Okay. Now I'm not trying to be insensitive. I am aware Kenny Pickett was hurt on the play. That's why I separated the two talk about Pickett's injury, some other stuff. Now we're going to talk about the fourth and one play Pickett's recognition of what was happening on that play was substandard to the point where I legitimately felt neither the quarterback nor the offensive coordinator was aware of the down and distance. I don't know why it, it, it doesn't, it didn't make any sense. And Houston, either way, covered it perfectly. There wasn't really a throw to be made. It's fourth down. You need to throw. Pickett dropped to an intermediate level, and it was blocked at a shallow level. The depth of the drop step of your offensive tackles in particular, or your guards go straight back, their depth depends on the depth the quarterback is going to drop, which is all in the play. If your quarterback takes a three-step drop, and your, your tackles prepare for a seven-step drop, the defender can see where the quarterback is. It's an easy move inside, and you're going to get a sack. It seemed to me, honestly, like it was mid to short for both of them, but Pickett wanted to play it like it was long. He dropped short, and he sat there, and then he tried to escape horizontally and ran right into the guy who had just gotten off of Jones and was ready to, to pursue the quarterback. Again, the situational awareness, it, it, it baffles me. I don't understand. I've watched it like 10 times. I don't understand what they were trying to do. Um, it, it was an odd play call, to put it mildly. I, it, very confusing, very frustrating. And to have your quarterback get hurt on the play is, you know, it, it's obviously beyond insult to injury. But it, it showed me above anything else. And I'm not excusing the play call because, frankly, I don't understand what happened. I really don't know why you would run intermediate to deep routes on fourth and one. And not even – it wasn't off of a play fake or anything. <clears throat> um, Pickett did not seem to understand where the pressure was. 
he didn't understand where his pocket was. And this to me is, is a recurring theme with him. He does not contain, he doesn't have very good pocket awareness. And with that, he makes more mistakes than he needs to. It's not like he's forcing the ball down the field. He runs himself into pressure. He tries to avoid sacks and causes one. Most of that everyone's going to say is, well, he's freaked out because the rush is coming. It's his job. Okay. Every quarterback is pressured. All right. Defensive players get paid too. They're pretty good. They can get through blockers. That's what they're paid to do. Pickett panics before anything is happening and he doesn't feel where the play is going to go. It's just, he's getting out for the sake of getting out. And with that, he's not creating anything. Another problem with all of this, the Steelers don't have secondary options set up within these situations. I think uh, just my useless two cents, it looks to me like, as somebody just pointed out, climbing the pocket, which is typically what a quarterback will do, um, that's that's a secondary move. That is a, a counter to what is coming at you. Getting up, getting out, making a play down the field. Pickett doesn't know what he's doing when he's escaping, which to me kind of suggests they're telling him under no circumstances should you escape. Now we've got a disconnect. <laughs> okay, so why is he doing it? He's under pressure. You, you can't tell him not to escape. He has to half the time. You should know that by now. He's going to the same spot. They know that he's going to the same spot. If that's the case, why aren't the receivers flowing to that spot? Ben Roethlisberger, Heinz Ward, they more or less created the secondary route in the NFL. And they would say, if I get in trouble or after, you know, when my heel hits step five, if I don't make a throw, I'm going here. So you count in your head the same amount of time and then go there if you didn't get the ball. There's none of that. And I'm not saying that they need to reinvent uh, uh, Kenny Pickett's game, but you, you need to flood your receivers to where your quarterback is. That, that, that's not a complicated ask. Scram- if you want to call it a scramble drill, sure. doesn't need to be that dramatic, but he can't flow to where the receivers aren't. It doesn't seem like he knows one way or another. The reason I say that is because he's constantly scanning the field Um, after he escapes and it doesn't seem like he's aware of where anybody is he is never in position to throw the ball after the pocket breaks down never that to me is awareness more than anything else okay that's the bat on picket so let me ask you this is everything i just said why the hell are you running intermediate to deep on fourth and one out of shotgun are you do you think your quarterback has a clue what's going on doesn't look like it he's not playing like it so why is he doing it? I don't know. That's on your coach, okay? That's coordination. If your left tackle has absolutely no clue what's going on, which, God help him, I really don't think Roger Jones has a clue of what he's doing. As a quarterback, you shouldn't be leaning over to that side, okay? You just shouldn't. You should probably be aware of those kinds of things. Details like that help you win ball games. They're not doing that. Their quarterback is not producing consistently at all. When you're rollout, hang on to the ball until you get to the sideline and then fling the thing on, on the strong side of your body to only one spot on the field the ball could possibly go, and you complete 40% of your passes. When that is your bread and butter as a passer, which it is with Kenny Pickett right now, you're not going to be successful. 
The Steelers have not been successful. In fact, this was one of the worst offensive games they've played in quite a while. Pickett on the day, by the way. 15 of 23 for 114 yards. That's five yards an attempt. No touchdowns. What a surprise. A really bad interception. I didn't even discuss the interception. No clue what he's thinking throwing that ball. Absolutely no clue at all. Um, that's a long punt in a situation you don't need a long punt. If it's third and 18 and you chuck it up 60 yards, okay, good. I'm okay with that. That's a good risk. Terrible decision. Terrible decision. Under throws it to boot. <clears throat> I would like to point out it took all it took Mitch Trubisky all of one throw to have me yelling at, at the TV. Uh, actually, the second throw that he made in the game uh, should have been intercepted. Should never have been thrown. And it could be an indication of what is to come. We're going to come back on Wednesday after evaluating this a bit more. I'll be willing to bet that we will have some injury news between now and then. Uh, we hope for the best, of course. Um, if this is the end of the season for Kenny Pickett, Steelers are at a crossroads because... I'll be honest with you. I am not sure they have their quarterback after seeing this and not to end it on a down note, but I don't think there's an up note to be had. Mitch Trubisky sees the field worse than I believe any quarterback in the NFL. So uh, not feeling real good about this. You've been listening to the new standard podcast. I have been your solo host, Neil Kulong, Lance Williams out on assignment. He will join me again Wednesday 10.30 a.m. Eastern, 7.30 a.m. Pacific. We are going to be back. We'll go over to this game, talk a little bit more news, notes of what has happened with the Steelers, and get into the rivalry game against the hated Baltimore Ravens. Thank you for joining us. Please come back next time. We will see you then. Go Steelers. <laughs>